Hi, friend. Hi, friend. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> No, we're good now. I was just literally thinking of um last week. Oh my yeah, goodness, that friends! Was rough. <laughs> we are so sorry. We are so sorry. <laughs> Life comes at you fast. Yeah, we are so sorry for that, guys. <laughs> when I was listening to it back, I was like, "Who was holding a gun to our heads? Like, who was literally holding like a gun to our heads and saying record this or die?' Because those are the vibes." <laughs> It sounded like we were in an underground bunker. It was so bad. <laughs> that is how it sounded. Yeah, but thank you for sticking with us through that, friends. And now we're back and um, better. Back and we're better. <laughs> yeah, so welcome back to Stacked, the podcast about life in books and life with books. How are you doing, Amanda? I'm good. I'm Amanda. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> She's Amanda. And I'm Zabora. <laughs> no, how am I doing? I am good. I'm good. The weather's been a bit emotional, mm. but also I'm trying not to be influenced Dictated by the weather. Exactly mm, because mm-hmm. of Lucy. Yeah, <laughs> by Jamaica said, Kincaid. Yeah, she said, "Do better, do better, do better." So yeah, I've been good. I haven't been. I feel like I'm trying to get into a routine. Mm, that's my mm-hmm. biggest struggle in life. Yeah, having consistent kind of days. Yeah, that's so. one of our favorite topics, actually, isn't it? <laughs> Just like routine and routine building and how necessary it is, and yet still how challenging and hard. Yeah. yeah. So. That mm-hmm. and oh, my aunt's visiting. Mm-hmm. I went to Legoland. Oh yeah, you went to Did Legoland. I tell you that? Yeah, yeah, we talked about it last week. I think. Did we? Yeah. See, I'm still so excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're still riding that high. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. I'm good. Nothing to complain about. Nothing to report. I picked up a yellow face. Mm. Oh yes, nice. Yeah, yeah it's, I it's, still. I'm loving it. Are you? Isn't it's it like, so good? It's like watching one of those series that have like every chapter has a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm yes. Like, yeah, she grips you, doesn't she? Every single time. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. yeah. So yeah. it's really fun. Mm-hmm. Can't wait until you're done. We can talk about I it know. like properly. I know. Because the drama. Okay, actually, speaking of Yellowface, so is that what you're reading this week? Is there anything else? Yeah, I'm reading that, but I'm also because of this episode. Yeah. I've mm-hmm. been like digging through poetry and I picked up Ham as a Mother. And we're going back into Watson Shire. Mm-hmm. Is it Watson Shire? Or I think it's Watson Shire. I say no. I say Shire because I always think of the Shire River. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah. So I think it's Watson Shire. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think so. So, but yeah, yeah, Queen. We're gonna talk about her quite a bit. I think in this episode. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's what I've been reading, mm-hmm. and obviously struggling through life under surveillance. Oh capitalism. yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How is that going? By the way. It's going. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, I told you before, I'm really, I really want to also get over this reluctance towards thick books mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because who are they? Yeah. Why mm-hmm. am I afraid of them? Exactly. Who do they think they who are? Who do they think they are? Nobody. I love to read. <laughs> <laughs> don't question me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, no, I'm not struggling through it. It's just we're getting to know each other. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're making your way through it. Yes. That's all that matters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How are you? What are you reading? I'm okay. I am reading. I took a little break. I'm not going to lie. Like after last week. So I haven't read for a couple of days, but I am now oh, reading. A couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> I'm screaming. <laughs> I really haven't. And you know what? Actually, what it is especially is because I forgot my AirPods in Malawi Mm. when I was flying back, which was firstly one of the most horrific 
life. I think it might be the biggest L of my life, just like really? forgetting my AirPods. Yeah, because I had to do that whole entire like travel back journey without any music. I've never done that. Uh, it was no with music. Really? Yeah. You don't listen to like no. What about when you're on like layover or whatever? You don't just have headphones in like no. What you're just listening to the sounds Reading, of the world or like I talk to oh strangers. Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm talk one of those, to strangers. I'm one of those. <laughs> Like, I don't even listen to music when I'm walking around. What? I only listen to music in my room on speakers. Oh my god. Yeah. I am so dependent on music. Or in the music. gym. Yeah. yeah. I am so dependent on music. I listen, like, the second that I leave my house, <laughs> my my AirPods are in, I'm listening to music. When I'm on the train, I'm reading, I'm listening to music. Like, I just <laughs> need that kind of sound barrier between mm. me and the rest of the world. <laughs> so, like, to go through, like, the past couple of weeks without them has been... Tough. Horrific. Really? Yeah. I thought you'd be like, I've just opened my eyes up. No. You're like, I'm I don't like, want to see it. I'm, I'm, I don't want to hear music. it. I don't want to hear it. I'm not trying to hear it. <laughs> Especially like on public transport. I'm like, wow, I'm so exposed. <laughs> like the fact that anyone's voice can just like enter my ear canals right now. It's not, I'm not doing well with it. But you know, it's one of those things where like, I'm waiting for no. my brother <laughs> to come back from Malawi and he can bring them back for me and... I, oh, you're lucky. At least I they're not wait. gone forever. Yeah. Yeah. And then also, I've been thinking about going back to my dad's house to pick up like my over ear headphones, which yeah, are there. Yeah. Because you know, I'm, oh, I was like, oh, I'm not an over ear headphone girly anymore. But you know, <laughs> I'm I'm about to be because I I'm suffering. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. All of that to say. That's so interesting. <laughs> All that to say, I've been finding it really hard to read on public transport, which is what I usually do because I don't have my earphones to like blow out like everything else. I can't read else. and listen to music. I need it. I need so it. so interesting. I okay, absolutely cool. need it. So I actually did start reading this week. I'm reading this book called Negrophobia by Darius James, mm. which is this kind of, it's almost like this black exploitation play mm. that's been written almost like a screenplay. Mm. Yeah, so literally think like classic black exploitation films like Shaft or like um, Black Dynamite. I haven't seen any of these. Really? Yeah. Okay, so it's like all these old films that they used to make back in like the 80s or like 90s or like black films that were kind of, I don't know how to like, but yeah, just like black exploitation. They're like fun, they're no, kind I of corny, the concept, they're kind of yeah. like cheesy. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> well, I suppose it's not cheesy. This one definitely isn't cheesy because mm. it's supposed to be kind of like a quote unquote urban parable. Okay. I've only just started reading it, so I can't speak too much on it. But yeah. so far, it seems to be just kind of like this really satirical, over exaggerated kind of like take on racism in America. Mm. So yeah, I'm finding that really interesting. And probably next week. Oh. <gasps> Oh my god! Yeah, we're almost at the end. But yeah, I like I was like, I'll tell you guys about it later. <laughs> will there be a later? <laughs> but anyway, I will update you. It's mm. really interesting. Yeah, we can talk about it on Instagram. Yeah, and he's like a new author for me as well. Mm. Darius James. I've never heard of him. I've never heard of him. Yeah, is he, he African American? Yes, he's African American. And then this was also like a reissue by actually I forget like what this publishing house is called, but I just love the cover. It's a great cover. Hmm. Yeah, really interesting. Yeah, that's what I'm reading at the moment. When was it written? Is it old? Is it new? Oh, yeah, it's old. So okay. I think it was probably, I think this, I know he was like born in the 50s. Okay. And I believe this was published. Yeah, in the 90s, 92. Mm. Yeah, so isn't it actually kind of crazy how the 90s are like 30 years ago now? Please. Because in my head, I was like, the 90s, oh, like 10 years ago. <laughs> No. Yeah, yeah like, like thirty now years ago. Born in two thousand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. Now everyone was born in two thousands. It's it's so crazy. But yeah, that's what I'm reading at the moment. I love that. I want to check it out. Mm -hmm. Is it 
It's fiction. Yeah, it's fiction. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a screen, it's like a play slash screen, like screenplay okay. kind of situation. I love the... Yeah. Know. Because it's like, it's so weird because it's like, it's written to be a play, but then because of like how detailed like the stage directions mm. and then he also talks about like Oh, I'm shots. interested now. Yeah, exactly. Mm. He also talks about how he would like want it to be shot or like shot in that way or like zoom in on this and then have the thing come out as that. So it also reads really like screen, like a uh, pl- screenplay mm. and like I can literally, when I'm reading it, it just feels like I'm reading a film. Where, where did you find it? I think I found it at the Waterstones on Gower Street. Mm. I think I was just like looking through their independent publishers section, yeah. you know, the one that they have next to the cafe downstairs. Mm. And yeah, and I found it and I was like, oh, this is really interesting. And it's called Negrophobia. Okay. That's the name that like grabbed me. I was like, Negrophobia. Ooh. Yeah. But yeah, so that's what I'm reading at the moment. Love that. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Okay, so this week we're going to be talking about poetry, which is something that we haven't really broached properly, I feel like, on this podcast so far. Just because I feel like personally for me, poetry is almost always made to seem just kind of like very niche and Mm. kind of like inaccessible, esoteric kind of genre. And I've just always felt like there's a bit of like a disservice done to the genre because of that. A lot of people kind of write it off immediately because it seems so inaccessible. It seems so kind of like high brained uh, for whatever reason. I suppose it's supposed it's kind of pushed to be that way. Mm. But yeah, I've just always felt like I was doing it a disservice because I find poetry personally just to be so like moving and impactful for me that I think it's worth talking about. For me, I was very much a like early two thousands Tumblr girly, mm. and poetry Justin, was Justin everything Sky. on there. <laughs> Justine Sky, that was like Zipporah looks exactly like Justine Sky. Do not, <laughs> do not. You favor her. Don't she favors you. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever people say that, I'm like, stop. Do I? <laughs> Listen, I'll take it. Like, I'll take any kind of resemblance to that girl because she was the original, like, it girl for all the black girls on Tumblr. Yeah, she was a Tumblr girl. back in the day, she was everything. But, like, the other thing that was really, really big on Tumblr back in the day was, of course, like, poetry. So that's where, like, for me, during my formative years, I was exposed to, like, people such as Warsan Shire, Nayira Wahid, who has literally just disappeared from the face of the earth. She, I think for me personally, I would consider her to have been, like, the quintessential black Tumblr poetry girl. Naya Rahid was the author of collections of poetry such as Salt which Mm. I still reach for this day. Her other collection was called Nejma as well. Mm. Around that era it was kind of like Ursa Daily Ward or San Shire and then another one that people are going to be a lot more familiar with which is Rupi Kaur Is is it Rupi Kaur? I thought it was I don't know her, so I'm not going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> Sorry to that woman. No, no, but what do you think it is? I was going to say Kapoor, but I think it's a different person. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. You guys know exactly who we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking about nobody because I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, who's Kapoor is talking about? But yeah, so that's essentially what we're going to be talking about this episode and, and what they made us feel. Just to get back to like the very beginning, I suppose, do you kind of remember the first time you ever found yourself moved by like poetry? In whatever form. Yeah, I think the first time I was ever moved, honestly, I was very grown up. Mm-hmm, I mm. wasn't moved by poetry in high school. Yeah, which we'd need to talk about. Yeah, we can mm-hmm. we need to talk about it. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, I wasn't moved by poetry in high school. I remember this poem called Ozymandes. 
It was mm. like about this pharaoh mm. and his like his head was like I remember it because they made us draw it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They made us read the poem and then draw what we like the part that we st- stuck in our head. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I remember drawing this like big pharaoh's head like in sand. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't say that's being moved. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. So the first poem that moved me was by Langston Hughes and it's oh. called is it dream variations? Mm-hmm. Oh god, I love yeah, that. Yeah, I was just like trying to get into poetry mm-hmm. because support is always encouraging me. Mm-hmm. She's like, "You gotta do it. It's I great. Read it. Mm-hmm. You gotta love it." <laughs> <laughs> so one day I was like in a charity shop and I was like picking up poems and it was like four great American poems. It was him, Emily, someone, Dickinson. Okay, and then two other people. Mm-hmm. And then I just turned to the page, and that the first page I opened was well, I started with him because I knew his name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I went to his section, and the first thing I saw was Dream Variations, mm-hmm. and I was like buying it. Yeah. And it just is my definition of like happiness. Mm-hmm. Like it's very simple. Yeah. It's very proud. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I love it, and it's that kind of like my one of the reasons I'm not often moved by poetry is I don't understand it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I understood that, mm-hmm. and not just because the words were clear Mm -hmm. but because the words made me feel you know Mm -hmm. and it's the kind of poem that sings like it it rhymes I know that's very basic Mm -hmm. I don't think that's basic (laughs) but it does it It was was like to find yeah Mm -hmm. to find to to write a poem that not only rhymes but it's like really technically beautiful I think Mm -hmm. it's hard yeah of course it's not like sad bad like Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) and I feel like that's one thing personally that I always like love about Langston Hughes as well Mm. is just how like lyrical his poems are like a lot of them could actually just be set to music and Mm. it would be like an incredible jazz blues song or something i really really love like dream variations as well Mm. because that's the one that's talking about just the to fling my arms wide yeah to fling my arms wide in some place of the sun yeah and just to feel joy and then i love the image of like night coming on tenderly black like me exactly and i feel like that line night coming on tenderly night coming on gently dark like me black like me was one of the first times I've ever seen not one of the first times but like what struck me about it was that like for once darkness and blackness was being described as tender like blackness and darkness was gentle and it was like me you know usually and literally I felt so good I don't I know that's such a simple word but Mm -hmm. that is the feeling like yeah the feeling of like taking ecstasy is Mm -hmm. what like washed over me when I read that yeah like elation yeah and Yeah, I just, I, and it's something that me and Tamara talk about a lot because mm. there was a bit where I used to say, yeah, that's really dark. And Tamara was like, no, we can't use... Stop that language. Yeah, yeah. don't <laughs> use dark mm-hmm. um, as to be synonymous with mm-hmm. negativity and so-and-so. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're right. That's the first time someone used it the way it should be used yeah literally darkness and blackness as gentle and tender and not this thing that's harboring sinister kind of apparitions or just sinister things because I feel like a lot of the time because poetry is about creating images right which is Mm. one thing that I really love about it is that it's not about telling someone oh I felt this way it's about (laughs) presenting an image that the image then kind of trans like transplants this emotion Mm. and like I feel like it's always like a very specific like specific distillation of like a very specific emotion Mm. and then it just kind of like translates it literally and I think it's interesting that you're saying that you never enjoyed poetry because you feel like you didn't understand it and I feel like that's a roadblock that a lot of people come up against whereas like they'll read a poem they'll be like I didn't really understand that so then it's like it doesn't I don't get it (laughs) but I think a lot of the time you know we're doing ourselves kind of like a disservice by doing that because 
and actually, I blame like the way that poetry is taught in um, high school. Yeah, the way that poetry is taught in high school because it's always this thing of like pushing like what did the what did the poet mean? What do you think they could have meant by this? I feel like as far as I'm concerned, poetry means whatever it makes you feel. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And we have this conversation all the time about like yeah. art. You know, when you write something and you put it out there in the world, um, it no longer belongs to you. It's not mm. about what your intention was in writing it. Like it's all about what the reader perceives when they read it yeah right? yeah and i feel like poetry is the best example of that i agree with you and i think the reason i kind of now feel more comfortable with the kind of poetry i like mm-hmm. is that i think there are some poems that i i really don't understand of course yeah also because it's a different craft to mm-hmm. writing prose mm-hmm. and i don't understand the techniques mm-hmm. so sometimes mm-hmm. they're using techniques to communicate something that i just can't identify mm-hmm. because i don't know what's happening yeah yeah <laughs> that's one barrier for me and then the other is just that i don't know i tend to, i found more writers that i I do understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like, I do feel more. Yeah. I do really like Sylvia Plath. Mm-hmm. Same. Yeah. And I know like people try and make it seem as like, like liking Sylvia Plath is just like kind of like a really basic girl thing. <laughs> <laughs> like that's very much like the narrative around Sylvia Plath. Yeah. But it's like, there's a reason why so many women find themselves relating to Sylvia Plath's poetry and there's a reason why it's still relatable to this very day like you know I don't think that that's the thing that then makes it um kind of less I didn't even know there was they were up against her oh yeah I thought she slayed oh she does slay that's the thing she absolutely does slay and you know because also the thing is about Sylvia Plath especially back in the day they used to kind of try and like take away from her poetry by focusing on it being like something that was like confessional Mm. so they were saying that because she's essentially drawing from like her own life and her own experiences that in that's in that in some kind of way that Mm. detracts from Mm. like the art of what she's doing Mm. because especially previous to that like poetry especially like from its very beginnings has always been as we're saying this very kind of like quote-unquote hybrid it's very academic they want it to be inaccessible they want it to be something that's like i've only cracked this because (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Got like, something I, going on yeah, up here. exactly. Like <laughs> I've got all this background, and I sat and I've gone line by line. I understand all these obscure references, mm-hmm. and then that's what makes a great poem. But like a woman writing about like her life, which is like I don't see why that's a bad thing. Like if this poem has been inspired by instances in my own life, and now I've created this poem, like how does that make it any less? The question is, is it good? Exactly. Is it good? Is it relatable? Is it like, am I practicing my craft? Then yes. But yeah, like they do try. They Mm. do try and like hate on Sylvia Plath out here. And like, I don't even get that because. I don't know why. The lady can write. Okay. I think that's. Lady Lazarus. Daddy. She can write. I I don't, I don't know. I feel like they're overcomplicating it for themselves. But Mm -hmm. anyway. But yeah, I think that. And so like Watson Shire is also pers- like that kind of poetry I really love. Mm-hmm. I also really love um, Alfred Tennyson. Oh, that, nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that mm-hmm. I really love. So I just kind of, what I do is I go into charity shops and I go to the poetry section mm-hmm. and then I just go through. Mm-hmm. And then when I find poetry that I feel like, I like this. Yeah, like this I buy is it. moving to me. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. and I'm, I haven't graduated to the level where I could go and buy, I mean, I buy Watson Shire full price, Ocean Vong, mm-hmm. because... I've seen their stuff online. I like mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. But I do still feel like I don't understand. But I also think I have a lot of friends who write poetry. I have friends who love poetry like you. Mm. And I dated someone who used to read a lot of poetry to me. Mm-hmm. And that also, Aww. yeah, that also Aren't brought it to you? life. That's yeah, so sweet. LOL. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. Um, That's so sweet. Yeah, it was really nice, actually. And it really made me see it. Like, seeing how poetry moved 
him mm-hmm. made it move me more because yeah. I was like, oh, I, I get it. And you know, actually, another hack, like when it comes to poetry, of like understanding or appreciating it, is mm. actually reading it out loud. Mm. 100%. Like, it sounds great, but like that helps so much, like in terms of like understanding what something is trying to say. Like mm. just like when you read it out loud. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I'm also going to ask you, but the last other thing is there's mm. this thing of why I struggle with poetry is mm. it feels like poem is short mm. and sometimes complicated. Or like, not complicated, but like you say, you have to think about it. Yeah. And I just, I've been so used to just moving through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, book. like, okay, read that. Next one. <laughs> next one. Next, next one. one. Mm-hmm, yeah. And poetry has makes you stop. Yeah. It makes you think. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm not used to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. I find it uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, actually, it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> to be fair, yeah. Because you have to have like a different way of reading, really, when you're reading poetry, right? Yeah. I, I often, like, I come up with the same, I come up against the same thing where like I have to, stop myself from like reading a collection in one whole go mm. because I feel like that's the worst way to like ingest poetry because mm. you're not giving yourself as you're saying like the time to sit and digest and like go and really sit with something mm. and then I feel like also with poetry like rereading is also the other there we key go. yeah you've got to reread <laughs> that thing read it the first time read it again and just feel like okay how does that make me feel but then I guess also Maybe some people don't want to do that. <laughs> I would like to. Yeah. Those, I feel like the words that come that I learn from mm-hmm. reading poetry mm-hmm. or the ways that you can use language, mm-hmm. I think there is, is sorcery. Exactly. And, you know, I think that for me is like the reason why um, I've, I love poetry and I've loved poetry is because it just kind of seems like a natural progression from like my love of words and my mm. love of like language yeah. because to me poetry is literally just like playing with language yeah the it's, efficiency exactly exactly it's like basically language parkour as far as I'm concerned <laughs> like you know okay, what I mean well, it's like watch me do this trick like yeah let's get, well let's get into you when was the first time you found yourself moved by poetry well, we can literally go to like the, five years old yeah <laughs> No, I wish. Can you imagine? <laughs> I mean, actually, yeah, Dr. Seuss. Oh, there we go. <laughs> eggs and ham. Yeah, no, I love green eggs and ham. <laughs> oh, we could go away that. But, like, I was actually going to say in high school, I know that I said that it's probably the reason why a lot of people don't appreciate poetry, but it was when I started liking it. Because... <laughs> I love the whole sitting down and like annotating a poem and yeah. you know when you had those like massive AQA anthologies yeah. in school and you studied like the um you studied the poems and I'm I always like refer back to this and it's been in my head especially ever since <laughs> I saw him perform at this event the Murky Books Festival yeah which was like wow well, like a month ago, a month ago last yeah, month maybe two months, two months ago. ago at this point. But yeah, so <sighs> that was, was a time. Though. That was a time. <laughs> but it would be John A. God's half cast. I think that was the first time that I was like, okay. Because I think before that, it had been kind of like your classic poetry, just very stuffy, Mm. upper class, old English white men. And there was just something about that that just didn't appeal to me. I wonder why. (laughs) I I don't know what it was. It wasn't clicking. (laughs) I'm kidding. But then it was also stuff like Shakespeare and like sonnets, which was like, okay, yeah, that's cute or whatever. But like, I'm not going to get him thinking about this, you know? So I remember when we were studying John A. God's half-cast and I was just kind of like, wow. Because there's like something about that poem that's kind of like, you know, like a twist. And I felt like he had given me a lot of like insight into 
an experience like obviously like the mixed race yeah, mis- I love mixed that race poem. experience yeah that I never might have considered or mm. I never would have considered just kind of like the tension that arises between having to exist between two identities mm. and I remember being like wow like words can words can move like words can do things and I think that was my first thing and then also from that do you remember Deaf Poetry Jam? Yeah like all those old videos on YouTube. So like I remember getting into that and like watching speak watching but then that's more like spoken word, which is of course like poetry. Yeah. What do we feel about spoken word? Okay, actually? so the Deaf Poetry Jam one mm-hmm. is really good. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. or if you listen to My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's a poem at the end of it, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't do you remember it? It's like us living as we do, upside mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I don't mm-hmm. know. But it's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the spoken word that I love, mm-hmm. and then the spoken word that sounds exactly the same. <laughs> where it's like, your mum wants you to go, but you say no. <laughs> and I like that I was, but I wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> she hurt me, but she stopped. And now I'm done. I wake up to the morning sun. Like, that... <laughs> I didn't like that. Yes. <laughs> she says after she kills it. <laughs> Give her a stage. <laughs> I don't like that. Yeah. But I do like spoken word when, yeah. it's, when I like it. Yeah. But when, it, everyone, when there's like a specific voice and yeah. tone I hear, I'm like, oh no. And that exact cadence that yeah. goes like this. Yes. No, I completely get you. But I think also for me, what it did though, it like kind of like expanded the parameters of what... I felt like poetry was or poetry yeah. could be. So like more and more gradually it was moving away from being this very like inaccessible academic thing to being something mm-hmm. that is like very real. And I'm seeing people who look like me, who sound like me doing and practicing and using as a tool or as a way to like express their experiences yeah. in a way that's like really, really relatable. What do you feel about when people say like rap is poetry? I think it's true. <laughs> Why did I say it like that? <laughs> I think they're right. <laughs> I think they're onto something. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I do think it's true. I just always think of that like super cringy, like early 2000s, like movie English teacher who's like yeah. being like, hey, kids, <laughs> did you know that Tupac is this like is a poet? Shakespeare? <laughs> Drop the beat. <laughs> no, like, literally. <laughs> Sat at 14. Like, that was just, like... And I feel like they made it seem so, like, corny. And so, like, okay, you don't need to relate to me on this level. Like, don't try and be cool. <laughs> don't try and be cool with me, okay? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, so, I always... <clears throat> but I do actually think it's very true. Yeah. Like, you know... I won't speak so much for what is considered very popular, you know, like rap these days as being an, a lyrical art form. Like, sorry, not to get like, you know, auntie-ish about it, but... <laughs> but to get auntie-ish about it. Yeah, but to get auntie-ish about it. But yes, no, traditionally, I absolutely do agree that like rap music um, and hip-hop is a form of poetry. Because, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I it's linguistic gymnastics, right? And that's what poetry kind of is. Because I was just thinking about Lang- Langston Hughes and the rhyming. Mm-hmm. I really love when I'm hearing rap mm-hmm. and they get the rhymes right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and just, mm-hmm. it really gets me get going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, it's provocative. <laughs> Speaking on that... I thought we could talk a bit more about poetry, especially in pop culture, mm. because I feel like poetry has been kind of making its way more and more into kind of like pop culture, so like the pop culture zeitgeist, I guess, mm-hmm. in a way that's more and more accessible. 
which has come like with its own um very interesting conversations especially like kind of like the case of Rupi Kaur I still it's, can't say right. that yeah <laughs> okay yeah Rupi Kaur <laughs> I'm saying it like yeah. I know exactly how to say it. Come on, it's K.O. The case of Rupi K.O. and kind of like this whole movement of like quote-unquote Instagram poetry and there was a whole kind of kerfuffle drama in the poetry world about poetry kind of losing its... Prestige. Exactly. Literally that, yeah. Poetry <clears throat> losing its prestige because now people, you know, can write with whatever they want, put it as a little snippet on Instagram and be like, oh, here's a poem. And, like, people were really up in arms about that. Mm. I have no idea why. Mm. But, like, personally for me, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I'm not, like, a massive fan of, like, Rupi Kaur. No. Kaur. Yeah, no, neither. But I, I'm happy for everyone to like what they like. Exactly, it's precisely. Yeah. It's like, um, and then it's not as if... You know, everyone's like, oh, like, it's bad. She's bad poetry. But I feel like that's that's subjective. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's bad. It's just not good to me. Exactly. It's not good for you. Like, yeah. maybe you don't really relate to that. Or maybe that doesn't, like, nothing about this poetry engages style you. engages yeah. you. Or, like, you know, resonates with you. But that doesn't mean that then it has no kind of, like like merit for anybody else yeah you know? like being inaccessible is not an art form exactly like oh my god say it again <laughs> literally say it again no but like being inaccessible is not an art form or a talent it's not yeah like, <laughs> <laughs> if people have to climb a mountain to understand your work mm. and if they want that that's the sport they're into mm. <laughs> if they're mountain climbers <laughs> then no that's that's your audience yeah exactly um, I don't think we could put KO mm-hmm Kale. Mm-hmm. I don't think Rupi Kale cares whether I like her work or not. Exactly. She's got 4.5 million yeah. followers. <laughs> who do? Yeah, who do? So, exactly. Um, yeah. And who's like, who her work has like resonated with and yeah. who like, and honestly, like, I felt like her, her poetry books did really. I can see how other people would like really, really enjoy them and would really gravitate towards them because no, like not even in like a shady kind of way. No, I'm not saying I'm not, shady. I'm not saying to be shady. I'm saying that I don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, yeah, okay. <laughs> no, but that's no, like I, I don't even read poetry, so how can I see it? <laughs> <laughs> no, you read poetry, girl. You just don't see it. Well, I mean, like, but that's also fine. And it's like, I also think it's fine to have these kind of like little snippets. What if I do want to read like a quick little snippet that's going to make me feel something real quick and then I can go on about my day? Like, yeah. you know what I need? Yeah. I don't need to read like the Iliad to like. But I don't understand the, the value in conversations around this is not good because it's it's, it's just too popular. It's too popular. Like, what that conversation, what does that do for us? Mm-hmm, does that mm-hmm. mean now the people don't like it? Exactly. Like, you can't. Are we shaming people for, for liking things? Yeah. Now? So, I don't, I really don't understand the whole point of it. Mm-hmm. I, I like, at all, I don't get it. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Like, if you don't like Rupiko, that's absolutely fine. Just don't read her. Yeah. Literally, just don't read her. Block her on Instagram if you need to. But let the girl and her fans cook, you know? Yeah. Let them, let people enjoy things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, my other favorite kind of because we've spoken about her quite a bit, a bit actually. But I feel like in the recent years, probably one of the most popular um, poets online has also been more Sanchiro. Mm. And like, I feel like also the biggest break- breakthrough for me personally when she did the poetry for Beyonce's Lemonade. 
And then it was just kind of... That was incredible. I was so excited. It was so incredible. I was so excited. I think it's kind of crazy that they never released it as, like, a little chapbook, even, of, yeah. like, just, like, the poems. They um, should, actually. Yeah, because there's, there's a few. Remember the one where she's like, so what do you do now that you've killed me? The, is that the one, Sorry, just before Sorry? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, God, I love that one. I love that one. What do you wear to my funeral now that you've killed me? <laughs> That's one I of the, that's yes. the best one. Yeah. No, we really, really love yeah. Sanchez. And, and she, I loved Lemonade. I loved Lemonade as well. And I just loved that kind of like melting of like artistic practices of like the poetry and like the music just kind of like further this story. It was so, so good. Honestly, Lemonade is like my favourite era of Beyonce. Like, mm-hmm. I've always loved Beyonce. She's obviously amazing. Mm-hmm. But from Lemonade onwards, mm-hmm. I've really felt like politically aligned. Yeah, her. sick. Yes. <laughs> Yes, that was actually when I realized me and Beyonce are in political alignment. It was self-titled when she had like uh, yeah, she was a that saying feminist. Yeah. I said okay, <laughs> I'm locked in for life at this yeah. point because yeah. you're right. Before I wasn't too sure about her political agenda. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. But then when she came out and was just like, listen, I like it. This is it. I was like, okay, yeah, black like me, exactly. <laughs> Fling my eyes wide in the place of the sun. <laughs> twirl, twirl. Until the white hot day is done. Why do I have that poem literally because, memorized? I literally wanted to say that I love that it's a poem that I wanted to memorize mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. I wanted to. I never wanted to leave that feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, no, Langston is great <laughs> for that because he also has a dream deferred. Oh, you know, like a what happens to a dream deferred? Does it dry up? Like a raisin in the sun? Oh my gosh, no, is that where that is that what that yeah. place inspired by? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Another Langston Hughes one. It's good yeah i need to pull out that book actually mm-hmm. i actually need to get a book just of him because that book is just his tops mm-hmm. his, his top 10 hits yeah a dream to third yeah i like langston hughes yeah but yeah um poetry and pop culture i love it like i'm i'm happy for everyone to anyone to read anyway mm-hmm. and i love lemonade mm-hmm. oh another like i think big kind of like um that you also mentioned just previously let's talk about ocean vong yes let's talk about ocean vong yes, because yes. now that is like i think that's been like the perfect kind of um crossover hit like poetry pop literature crossover it's been amazing. I love him. Love him. I love him. Same. On Earth We're Briefly Gorgeous, I'm still thinking about it's that. It's like, even the titles are poetic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a line in his one of his poems. I mean, we've, I talked about one of them in the first season, but mm-hmm. there's one that's staying with me now. It's like, childhood is only a cage that widens. Mm. And I was like, what? He mm. <laughs> <Mm-mm. laughs> said, wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And I don't know. It's just, he's, even if you watch his interviews, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. everything he's, it's like he has thought through everything mm-hmm. he is so thoughtful mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah and that's like the other thing that I really love about poetry just how like insightful it can be because like you have to be insightful to like really write meaningful good poetry yeah. you know like you have to be good at like zoning in on those like tiny little insightful little yeah. things that you can just kind of turn into a turn of phrase but even the the generosity he gives to reading because he's a teacher mm, mm-hmm. and like I say I don't understand Rupi Kale's writing mm-hmm. but I don't even think that I have been generous with it and mm. he kind of says that when you read you shouldn't be 
asking yourself, oh, do I like it? Do I not like it? You should be asking, what is this person trying to do? Mm. And have they done it? Mm -hmm. And I think we don't know what Rupi UK was trying to do. Mm. So if she's done what she set out to do, then she's successful. Yeah. And it's not for anyone else to say, you didn't. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Ocean Vong, as a poet, as a human being, <laughs> I love him. Love him so much. Honestly. Shout out to all the poets that also dabble in prose and yeah. will write like actual like long form narratives because it's always it's just like always exquisite. Oh, a just gift. Luster. Oh, Luster. Yes. Because she mm -hmm. is a poet. Mm -hmm. Raven Leilani, mm -hmm. who wrote Luster, is a poet. And an artist. And yeah, exactly. She paints She can too. paint. Yeah, she can paint. Yeah. And you can tell that she's a poet because, man... The writing mm -hmm, was mm -hmm. so good. I still really love Luster. I can't wait to see what she comes out with next. I'm Same. Oh, actually, also speaking to that point, Nessa Daily Ward, who is also another, like, poem. Poem. <laughs> she is a poem, <laughs> she is though. A poem. She is a living poem, like, for sure. Like, when I got to see her at an event, like, last month perform, like, it was oh, yeah. absolutely incredible. I think I'll put up some of those videos on the Instagram, actually, because yeah. I haven't... They're just like wasting away in my um, camera <laughs> roll. And I'm like, people need to see these. She was incredible. Yeah, I didn't even see them. Like, well, she has this book called like The Terrible. And she's one of those artists who I feel like is so forthcoming and frank about her art and her life. And I yeah. feel like doesn't care if there's like kind of this blurring between what is what is her art and what is her life and how they like bleed into each other yeah. and doesn't see that like as a weakness yeah. so like the way that she kind of confronts like certain topics like addiction or like you know like her relationship with her mother just like these very obviously deep psychological experiences that she's had in her life and mm -hmm. how they've kind of like informed her poetry like I just think it's incredible and she is coming out with a book I think next year I don't remember when I saw the like notification she's coming out with a book next year that's about like her relationship with her mother and i said i'm novel? there i'm there yeah it's a novel that's all you which i'm very excited about i said you. i am there <laughs> thank you so much <laughs> So now it's time for our book request segment where you send in your specific, your vague, your very random book request and then we try and recommend you something that fits the bill. So yeah, here is segment time. Okay. Mm -hmm. Do you want to take it away, Amanda? Yeah. Hello, hi. Hi. <laughs> I have a book request, a book about hope. I literally do not have the space to read something long and winding. So I would prefer a collection of short stories or a book that you can pick up and turn to any chapter. Mm -hmm. mm. Okay. Thank you so much for that request. Probably because this is the poetry episode, but I have got poetry on the brain. And for me, if there is like one thing that I always turn to poetry for, it is actually like when I'm feeling hope, like hopeless mm. and I want like something that's just going to make me... See, kind of like the beauty in life, once again, for a yeah. little bit. So I'm going to do a couple of poetry recommendations because I feel like poetry is good if you don't want to read something long and winding, mm. especially if it's something that's, like, accessible, lyrical. So my first 
recommendation is actually going to be Emily Dickinson because I feel as though you can't speak about hope and poetry and not talk about Emily Dickinson because <laughs> it's literally one of her most popular or famous poems which is the one about hope is a thing with the feathers but genuinely I would recommend any collection of Emily Dickinson's poetry she wrote loads um, and most of them don't even really have titles so just pick up whatever like uh, collection and it should probably have something in there for you but I think she was just kind of like great about writing and I think I've already spoken about her before but just this thing about writing about like faith and hope and just the beauty of the small things in mm. life. And then also on that note, I would also recommend Mary Oliver, who was also very hopeful. Like, that woman can write a poem that is going to inspire you to go outside and touch some grass. Like, <laughs> no, genuinely. <laughs> genuinely. I feel like all of Mary Oliver's poems are just like, look, why are you sad? Go outside. Touch a tree. Drink some water. Yeah, literally. <laughs> smell a flower. Life is beautiful. Okay. <laughs> And you should see that. And I like that. I particularly like her collection called Thirst mm. by Mary Oliver. And I feel like that one especially is just so concerned with, as I said, just like the beauty of the small things about life that we might sometimes kind of overlook. And I feel like when I'm going through stuff, that is usually what kind of will get me out of that funk. Yeah. Just reminding myself that, you know, go outside. Yeah. Smell a flower. <laughs> Touch some grass. Life is bigger than this. <laughs> yeah, life is bigger than this. Hug a tree. Exactly that. Life is bigger than this. Mm. And then also, life will always find a way. You do. Life will always find a way. What is that other poem that talks about, like, you know, or is that the Bible, actually? <laughs> I'm like, what is that poem? You recommend the Bible. Yeah, that thing is the Bible about, like, you know, if God, for example, if you believe in God, can, like, dress like a flower or take care of a you know like nature then what more you mm-hmm. you are also like a you know a wonderful creation oh man i love that okay have you got anything yeah in terms of something not long mm-hmm. um, i finished lucy by jamaica kincaid and yeah in the end what comes out is all her trauma mm. because you kind of go through the book of her just blocking everything out and mm. saying yeah i'm fine and i'm I'm chill. I'm good, what? Yeah, mm-hmm. like, I'm good. And then she's forced to kind of confront everything that's happened to her in the past. Mm. And it ends with her moving forward mm. and being very clear about how she's going to move forward. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no, it's not an ending where you're like, and then I kind of did this and everything was perfect. It was like, here's my beginning. I've kind of left a job I really hated. Yeah. And I've got a new place um, with a flatmate. And this is the promise I make to myself, mm. which is... Like she, it ends with her saying never to become someone who, whose emotions are influenced by the weather, mm. or like, yeah, never to. I don't even remember all of them, so I need to go back and read it. But it was I kind of left it feeling very hopeful, yeah, mm-hmm. and it was short, mm. <laughs> which Your is favorite. The, which is the spec. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if I send a book request, I'd be looking for something long because I'm trying to get out of this. <laughs> <laughs> then yeah, then what was the other one in terms of if we're going on poetry? What is the one by Ocean Vong? Exit Night Sky with Exit Wounds. Oh yeah, Night Sky with Exit Wounds. Yeah, and he's basically talking about like what it means to meet the world from a place of fear and how trauma doesn't necessarily result in you living a limited life. Mm, mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's like defined by your insecurities and, mm-hmm. and how you can overcome that. Mm-hmm. And I trust it because he's overcome that. Yeah. And yeah, I recommend that. It's, so yeah. 
Okay, nice. I think I'll also just quickly recommend, in terms of fiction, a short story collection called Dear Life by Alice Munro, which is just kind of collection of stories that literally is just about ordinary life but I love how they hinge on these like very specific moments of like change or like moments of like a twist or a twist of fate and just like very small things and how they can affect our lives so like at large and I feel like that one it has some stories in there that are like quite hopeful as well so that would be a pretty good one yeah and overall my favorite thing to do when I'm in this mood is to go to the Waterstones and Piccadilly Circus mm. I don't know if the other ones have this table mm. but they have like a novella table mm -hmm. just where all the stories are like super tiny which mm. is where I found Lucy mm. where I found this book called Chess mm. that I really love by Stephen Zweig but it's not really what you're asking for mm -hmm. um, but yeah if you just want to kind of explore even more after this I really recommend that section in Waterstones yeah do it girl So we're going to wrap this episode up with some takeaways. What have you learned, Amanda? I need to go back to Langston Hughes. Mm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. I'm like, you, you kind of asking me that is reminding me how good that poem made me feel. And mm -hmm. if there's any, if poetry can make me feel like that, then I would like to continue to pursue it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> is there more out there? Yeah, is there more? <laughs> and also, I'm actually really inspired to read Emily Dickinson. Mm, She's mm -hmm. also in that collection. Yeah. So I mm -hmm. should, you know, turn I, to her. I, I love her. Yeah. I love her so much. I've never read her. Yeah. She was like a complete recluse as well. Really? Yeah. Like during her life, like she barely really left the house or even like left her room. She just used to write poetry. Um, so interesting. Yeah, because it's like I always like, think what are you of like about? exactly. I was just gonna say I always think of like writing as this process where you're drawing, obviously, as we've said, like from your life and like from the things you've seen and like blah blah. blah. But if you're a recluse, I'm like she said she read about it. Yeah, she said like I don't need to go out there. Okay, I'm well read. Yeah, <laughs> I know what I'm doing it's in here. Fine. And it was only like after she died, I think her sister like finally went into like her quarters where she used to live, and they just found hundreds and hundreds of poems, some wow. fragments, some fully fra like some fully just yeah and then they will kind of you know release most of them but yeah so a really really interesting life actually mm. I don't know why I started talking about her my point being I think no I said that I want yeah. to read her oh okay yeah. <laughs> I was like how did I get here let's talk about Emily yeah <laughs> you know when you have something that you were so into I was like did I just randomly start talking about her again <laughs> am I doing it again <laughs> oh but yeah no, so Emily Dickinson and I think my takeaway is yeah just kind of to continue reading and pursuing poetry yeah, like, keep being me <laughs> <laughs> keep doing you babe never change <laughs> <laughs> my takeaway is that I'm on the right track yeah <laughs> literally <laughs> literally oh god I <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode, the penultimate episode of the season. Oh my God. Thank you for everyone that's kind of kept up with us, you yeah. know, because it's been, like we said about the last week's episode, you know, it's been, it's been rocky. Yeah, <laughs> it's been hard. <laughs> we love having you with us, so thank you. And yeah, next week we'll be discussing revolutionary books. Yeah, for our final episode. Yeah, yeah I'm really excited. It'll be, it'll be like personal revolution. Yeah. Books that have completely changed us. Mm -hmm. We will speak a bit about, you know, revolutionary books more widely as well. Yeah, very excited. 
And in the meantime, you can find us on Instagram at the Stacked Pod, and you can join our book community. I think we're going to be sharing some poetry on there this week. Definitely some of the videos of like poets performing some of our favorite poems, as well as just some poems to our stories. So yeah, see if you can get into some of that. Yeah. So this has been Stacked, and remember to pick up a book. Oh, pick up poetry. Yeah.